0: Hello fellow innovators, this is Patrick Emmons,
1: and this is Shelley Nelson.
0: Welcome to the Innovation and the Digital Enterprise podcast, where we interview successful visionaries and leaders, giving you an insight into how they drive and support innovation within their organizations.
1: Today, we're welcoming Mike Sieper to the show. Mike works with the National Security Innovation Network as a university program director at Washington University in St. Louis. He supports national security through innovation and building networks of talented problem solvers. He's also a contributor of Entrepreneur Media, Entrepreneur Leadership Network. Mike is a proud graduate of the University of Hawaii, where he received his bachelor's in entrepreneurial studies, marketing and management, and he completed his MBA in business administration and management from the University of Alaska, Fairbanks. Welcome to the show, Mike.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Mike, if you don't mind, please share with our listeners, for those who aren't aware, you know, if you could tell us a little bit more about the National Security Innovation Network and your role. And and before you jump into that, uh, congratulations on uh, Mayor Jones of St. Louis. I heard that she announced that the week of August 7th was the National Security Innovation Week clearly demonstrates an appreciation for what you're doing.
2: Yes, uh, fantastic partnership. So I feel very fortunate to represent the National Security Innovation Network at Washington University in St. Louis, and we're engaging the brightest minds in the Midwest. So we want to be able to encourage innovation, entrepreneurship, and new pathways for students, for faculty, researchers, innovators to get involved in national security and be able to help solve defense related problems. So uh, the National Security Innovation Network creates simply that a fantastic network of innovators and researchers that are working to bring together new solutions and be able to integrate those solutions to help our warfighters. So we want to have that best technology that is available, not only in a commercial market, but for defense and what we call dual use. So we help faculty, students and uh, startups find ways to be able to support the Department of Defense, we want to solve problems and to be able to get the best technology to our warfighters.
0: Awesome. How long has that, how long has the National Security Innovation Network existed? When did it get started? Who did who started it?
2: So we have been around for about five years. So we fall, we're a program office under the Secretary of Defense. So under the Undersecretary of Defense Research and Engineering. And so we work closely with the Defense Innovation Unit and so INSIM is that outreach into the universities and helping fulfill the innovation pipeline for great talent from students and faculty to be able to support the Department of Defense and to be able to look at novel research to be able to solve defense problems.
0: I think people, I and mean, myself, uh, the whole concept of the DIU, that, and forgive me, I, it's the Defense Innovation Unit. That's correct. Yeah. Tell the audience a little bit more about that, because I just recently learned about that as well, and I, I think it's a really interesting opportunity and community, and I think things people aren't aware of.
2: Absolutely. and uh, The DIU Defense Innovation Unit sees the potential here in the Midwest as well. So offices on the East and West Coast, but a new office just opened up in Chicago. So seeing the great talent of universities in the area and trying to build an ecosystem here for in may have been underrepresented. We have the students and the talent here. So now we need to be able to create new opportunity for students to be able to stay here in the Midwest and to be able to serve their country in ways that might not require wearing a uniform, but using innovation to be able to advance what we can do to solve problems. So Defense Innovation Unit is a tremendous organization that allows us to create opportunities that advance security initiatives. So helping the Department of Defense through innovation. And that's what's so exciting about this partnership. The National Security Innovation Network falls under the Defense Innovation Unit. So it really is a organization that we're able to support and it supports our initiatives that we can feed opportunities back and forth. So a fantastic partnership and it really emphasizes the importance of the Midwest and what we can do to support uh, initiatives nationwide.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's tremendous. Uh, I think it's really exciting. Everything that I've learned. What if, if for everybody uh, listening, you know, what are the types of innovations? What type of um, opportunities? What what kind of problems are you currently and potentially going to be solving?
2: A uh, wide range. So I would say there's a couple of focus areas that. Defense Innovation Unit and uh, that is of interest with energy and autonomy of what this unmanned uh, systems look like for the future. So understanding autonomy, AI, and the energy needs of uh, the battlefield. So this area, amongst many others that we're focused on, but this area is very interesting for me because we get to see what the future of unmanned systems looks like. If that's on the water, in the air, on the ground, being able to have something that is controlled without a warfighter in harm's way. So how can we look at using autonomy and optimizing our energy to be able to fulfill the mission?
0: I'm also very curious, like when it comes to these types of efforts or programs or projects, right, what does it look like to for the people who are involved in it? Is it predominantly the students in this case at, at WashU U? Is it people in the community in St. Louis? What is how how do people get involved in this? What is that? What would that look like from an engagement
2: standpoint? And that's great. I'm asking because we can really engage everyone. So students that are interested in looking at what happens in their career. So they want to build an resume while they're in school. So we offer opportunities like our X-Force Fellowship where they can get real world experience and build that resume by supporting the Department of Defense and working with our mission partners on projects over the summer. We just wrapped up and had a fantastic summer session with students from across the country. And we wanna be able to create that pipeline now. So we wanna be able to engage and show the opportunities of what this means upon graduation. And that we also wanna be able to look at creating a smoother transition so that they can fill jobs within the Department of Defense through programs like our hire-a-thon. So how do we identify great talent that can support the Department of Defense and be able to work with our mission partners to solve problems?
0: So what is the you've been doing this a couple of years now, I guess one of the questions I'd like to hear is like, what is your biggest success so far that, and you know, in a very, and as specific as I understand you can be uh, from like an outcome, I know engaging the students and creating a community and all those things. But I think, I think everybody would appreciate to understand like the a, like a little bit more of like, this is what we're achieving in, in a real physical sense. And a like, this is how we provided value to one of the branches of the military or to a DIU or, or whatever however that uh, manifests itself.
2: Sure. One of the uh, great opportunities that I've had is working with the Missouri Army National Guard. And so we're working on initiatives across many of our different programs with our capstone classes to be able to create something for our mission partners through hacking for defense to be able to explore a problem further, to be able to do a hundred different interviews and understand some of the challenges that are being encountered with adopting new solutions. And uh, with our X-Force Fellowship, to be able to have students work on projects, uh, one of them being this holistic health and fitness, looking at soldier readiness. How do you help the guardsmen to be able to prepare for um, their one week a month to be able to serve and what happens outside of that timeframe? So we wanna give them better tools, better understanding of what uh, fitness, Mental health, physical health, all of this plays into soldier readiness. And so we've been able to work with Major McClellan at the Missouri Army National Guard and have built a great partnership there where she is now leading a regional effort where we're working with multiple universities across the what is called Region 5. So across the Midwest, Southwest, to be able to improve soldier readiness through National Guard units and to be able to get students engaged with other members that might be their same age to understand some of the difficulties and better relate to those. And so it opens up a a completely new opportunity for the students to learn about what it means to serve and how others are uh, contributing and how we can help contribute from the classroom.
0: Awesome. Obviously, there's so much change going on right now from what used to be our peer competitors, right? And what we didn't have peer competitors for a pretty healthy period of time there. Um, And, you know, that term is relatively new to me as well. Um, With everything that's going on right now, where there's clearly uh, various hotspots in the world, you know, is this impacting some of the research that you're doing? Is this, you know, is there a focus, you know, you mentioned you know unmanned uh, aerial systems uh, obviously I, I i've seen myself how much the the attention has been around you know drone technology but like how much is, like what's going on in russia and ukraine is that stuff that is impacting the direction because i i you know focusing on uh the national guard and their health and fitness obviously big issue and that uh, the health and fitness issue overall for the military is a, is a big issue right from a recruiting uh, the right candidates, those types of things. But I guess uh, going back to my, my first point is, you know, is the R- Russia and Ukraine situation impacting what you're seeing?
2: I think it helps more people understand uh, the importance of the mission. So when you're seeing it on the news every day and you understand the impact it is having on people's lives that are just trying to do the best that they can in the scenario that is being brought to their country in Ukraine, and how we can help support the freedom of the people there. So it really does inspire some students. I've heard them say that they want to be a part of the great mission that we are building because they want to be able to support others or hearing from students that might have a connection uh, to some of these places that are being impacted. So um, this makes it very important of what we're doing and the importance of using science and technology to give ourselves the upper hand and to be able to um, support our warfighters and others that are just fighting for their freedom and for their safety and for their homeland. So we want to be able to use the initiatives we have to be able to support. And it really opens up new opportunities for startups that are developing, like you had mentioned, maybe a, a new drone technology. And they're looking at an application uh, for a use case in Ukraine that had not existed a year ago. But now that there's a need for this, Uh, Drones have changed the battlefield for what we're seeing for this conflict and how we can use this and better utilize the technology. Um, And it's really exciting to see what startups, what students and others are developing because they want to gravitate to supporting others and supporting freedom across the nation and across Ukraine.
0: And so as you're saying that, I was uh, thinking about, yes, the the military applications turn into civilian applications that turn into commercial applications and maybe it goes commercial and then civilian because I, I, I worked at Motorola growing up and one of their really big pivotal moments of, of their lifetime as an organization was creating the walkie-talkie that was used and like a critical element of communication in World War II, right? This, this huge box, right? That you know you no longer had to have a backpack radio. You could actually send them out with Teams uh, and clearly, that set them on the path of of really dominating that whole portable communication network. So, you mentioned startups. You know, where does some of the other is there other places in addition to startups where the tech is is coming from to give us that competitive advantage in in the battlefield and and supporting the war fighters and empowering our partners? Because I think that's a really big difference from our strategic plan to create. Peace in the world are there other places uh, outside of startups i'm going to assume there's there's like you mentioned the people in the university you know are you engaging uh different innovation labs in universities i, I guess i'll just let you answer the questions that of before you so
2: yeah so uh that's a great point of what we're doing to be able to engage universities and university-owned intellectual property and we just finished up a program called Emerge where we had Washington University intellectual property and researchers that are looking at what these applications can do to help the Department of Defense. So we finished an accelerator program. They helped understand their customer and how of the Department of Defense can utilize some of these technologies. So uh, we had some that were novel proteins. We had some that were uh, chemical earmuffs and uh, ways that we can engage to be able to bring research out of the lab into the battlefield and Understand how we can help support, and that might be in ways to be able to use the. As I mentioned, uh, the team that had just went through our Emerge program uh, from WashU had just run re- our STARTS combat feeding program within uh, weeks after finishing Emerge. They started the technology that was very went through our accelerator, saw the opportunity with the Department of Defense, and now was able to win $100,000 to be able to advance their technology. So getting money into the lab to fund promising research is a really exciting component of what we're doing because we can make a real impact with these researchers to know that there's a path forward for their research and that it's really going to be helping in a variety of ways. And uh, this one was combat feeding. So uh, really exciting to be part of this. And it's not only startups, but that the great minds were engaging to be able to support, even from community members uh, and students and faculty.
0: That is tremendous. And, and I think uh, to this point, and why I'm really glad we're having this conversation, is there is a lot of opportunities there uh, to engage in a way that I think many people aren't aware of, that, uh, you know, they From an educational standpoint investment standpoint uh and support standpoint uh i I agree i think there's a lot of missed opportunities for startups and for universities right so that that, that's tremendous i do want to get you know you'd mentioned a couple of times now right like engaging with different groups right and i think we all anybody who does innovation understands that uh, diversity fuels innovation right like if we had the whole, I use the the concept of like a, just a larger horizon, right? Like you've got more people, they have more experience, they bring a bigger background. You, you really have a better opportunity of coming up with an even better solution when you've got that. So, you know, I know that is a big part of what you do. I understand that's like core value stuff for you. So tell us if you don't mind some of the victories that you've had around that and how you engage diversity To make sure that you're you're fueling the innovation process
2: absolutely and we have experts in the field that we are able to engage and we're always looking at diversity as a big component of what we're doing to create opportunities for everyone so i look at it as inclusive innovation and as you mentioned that fresh perspective so you want to be able to engage everyone in uh, innovation and what we're doing is creating opportunities for students and faculty and others to be able to start uh, serving their country and using their expertise. And this could be subject matter experts in any area of study, and they're able to contribute what they are have been teaching or researching in the labs. And now they are able to bring maybe new technologies or earlier stage uh, tech that students and others can start looking at how to advance. And if we understand what the opportunities are and to be able to include everyone. So uh, equitable economic development and to be able to have that rising tide, lifting all boats. We need to be everyone in the nation and they have a seat to be able to contribute. And that's, what's exciting. We have a program and it's called diversity unlocks innovation. So what we're doing is creating opportunities for uh, students to start engaging and understanding what it means To be able to serve. And so we just finished up our HBCU, Historically Black College and University, Geoent program. So understanding geospatial technologies and our host, Harris Stowe State University in St. Louis, hosted HBCU students from across the country. They were able to go through a fellowship and I was honored to be able to contribute to it because these are students that did not have this understanding of geospatial technology NGA West, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, is building a new headquarters in St. Louis, and we want to be the center of geospatial research and to be able to be inclusive of everyone across the Midwest, across the nation that wants to be able to learn more about how geospatial is applied. And we want to have the best minds to be able to start engaging, and the earlier we can expose them to that, the better.
0: That's tremendous. I I can't applaud you enough for that. I think a lot of people say that they want to do diversity, and then I ask how. And uh, very often, they they don't really know how. And obviously, you're going to, you know, historically Black colleges and universities, engaging people who are ready, they are capable. Uh, and the, the, the concept that I always try to reinforce is like, we need everybody, right? Like we, And not just because they give, bring a diversity, it's just there's a shortage of people we need everybody focused on real problems and contributing and that's i think that's going to be the biggest challenge we're faced with over the next the next decade to get to you know 2030 uh it's really how are we engaging even more people i'm curious because you know we hear the cynicism of modern america and the kids you know they're not really you know patriotic or they don't feel an affinity for their for their country. Is that is that something you see as a challenge? Is that something you see as real? You know, what's your perspective when people get engaged in these efforts and they know they're actually supporting our military?
2: And I'll share the, uh, the question about uh, diversity. I think that's one of our greatest advantages is when we're inclusive of everyone in the United States melting pot. Everyone wants to come to the United States opportunities and thinking about what they can do to contribute to their country and being proud so I I don't see that issue with uh, you know a lack of patriotism with everyone that I work with if they're first generation Americans or uh, families that have been here for many generations that We are being able to create opportunities for anybody that wants to be able to contribute in a way that wasn't available before. So this is what's so exciting for me is because we uh, can look at ways that students can contribute to their country. And uh, it might be a different perspective of service, but it makes me really proud that we have so many students interested in what they can do to contribute and create something special.
0: So then I got to ask this question, right? because I think it's, uh, it's a tremendous opportunity. I have uh, two sons that are on the precipice of going into college, and it is amazing to see at some of these universities that they, it's no longer just the classroom, right? And I think it, it's a tremendous situation when you can see that there's opportunities to work with NASA, to work with DOD, to work with these, these organizations. And clearly our, our, our country needs that. They need people to contribute and support, even if they're not wearing the uniform. Right, so it's it's really it's a tremendous situation that I don't remember seeing when I was in school. It might have had something to do with my academic record, but you know, some of us mature a little bit later on in life, right? But with that mindset of like, hey, these opportunities exist. You know, uh, how do we how do people get engaged? What where do they go? What's the first step? How do how do they start to to get going uh, and learn a little bit more to find out if it's a good fit for them? See if it's something they want to contribute in. What's going to be the the commitment, the impact to them personally. um, How do they get started?
2: Well, I hope the students that are involved, I hope your sons are able to attend one of the many universities that INSON serves. So we have representatives like myself across the nation, and we want to be able to find uh, those students that want to be able to explore and have um, an opportunity with innovation. So it's uh, a peer learning where they can learn from others in the classroom, that they can work with mission partners and uh, we want to be able to engage everyone. So we create uh, pathways that are easy to be able to engage, like our defense entrepreneurial symposium that we just hosted a couple of weeks ago. And that's where Jones had issued a proclamation naming National Security Innovation Week in St. Louis, where we had hundreds of participants from across the country. We had investors, as you mentioned, uh, funding new Uh, emerging research and technology can be difficult. So you have to be able to find someone that believes in what you're developing and sees a path ahead. So for commercial applications, for dual use, there are investors that are very interested in this because they believe in the mission and they believe in supporting our warfighters. So we also had students and faculty that were sharing their experience of what it was like to go through instant programming. One of those was the eMERGE participant that I mentioned that had come through and won our STARTS combat feeding event. So we want to be able to share success stories, and we want to be able to lower the barriers to entry that everyone can participate, if that were through classes or community events, uh, ways that they understand the intellectual property that's available for licensing, ways that they can start engaging and understanding more of what innovation means and how they can contribute. So uh, that's what's really exciting for me is that this was not available when I was in school either, Patrick. And these are the things that I want to create for others going forward. So um, it's this uh, opportunity to, to learn and experience. And experiential learning, in my perspective, is the best way to be able to understand how you can contribute and what you're doing to build for the future.
0: As an entrepreneurial, right? As an entrepreneur, we're both entrepreneurs. I I honestly think that is probably uh, the only way, right? You've got to go stick your face in it and go figure it out. And I think for a lot of people who are wired for that, it's it's a relief to know that these things exist. So, is there a website that somebody can go to to kind of learn more about the process and how to engage? Where would they go?
2: Absolutely. So, uh, first, start checking out our website. So. National Security and Innovation Network is insin.mil. INSIN, we have a newsletter that comes out on Monday that shares all of the opportunities, events, and ways that uh, people across the nation can engage. So we wanna be able to welcome everyone into our network and to be able to show ways that they can start contributing. So I recommend everyone visit insin.mil and to be able to explore uh, the different programs that we offer and ways that they can start contributing
0: fantastic. It's really great stuff. really appreciate you sharing that with us. I guess uh, one of the last uh, concept that I'd like to get your perspective on is around I was just at the information Technology conference for the Air Force and clearly uh, the DoD is, is faced with some like we all are with with labor shortages. you know what I say what are you seeing as some of the, the more successful approaches that maybe other people could learn from? To, to get more people interested, engaged. My family has a, a strong military history and even people in my family think if you're joining the military, you're going to be sent into combat where that is a very small portion of people in the DOD. So from uh, from your experience, what have you seen? What are you trying? Uh, what are, what are some of the, the, the strategic investments you're making to uh, deal with these labor shortages?
2: We have different programs available to have more. So the better we can work with universities, the better we can identify the great talent that is in these universities and that they do not have to leave for the coast. They can stay here in the Midwest. They can contribute to national service. And we want to find problem solvers. So we want to understand the capabilities gaps that we currently have and to be able to fill those with great talent. And as we mentioned before, the importance of diversity. So being able to find those students early and they gravitate towards National Security Innovation Network classes that are offered so they can start contributing uh, while they're in school. They can go through fellowships over the summer. They can build a tremendous resume. And a lot of times these students shine through these fellowships and are offered opportunities for employment uh, upon graduation. So uh, this is really exciting because these are opportunities that I certainly didn't have when I was coming out of So that i could already have a job waiting for me i did not have to start going out and looking for something because i did such a great job in a fellowship they wanted to hire me as soon as i graduated and we're i've had the great privilege of working with many students that have really exceeded expectations of what they were able to do and how they were able to contribute and it changed their perspective of what they may decide to do in their career and that's what's so exciting is innovation and collaboration and accelerating that to what happens next. Do they form a startup? Uh, maybe they don't work for somebody that being an innovator, an entrepreneur is a lot more exciting for students than it's ever been before. And uh, they can do both. They can serve their country. They can build a tremendous startup. So uh, there's a lot of interest in how we can support students' ideas and to be able to see that uh, contribute to America, economic development and innovation and ways that we can support the next generation
0: it's amazing it really is it's truly an amazing opportunity i'm really glad we're able to have you on today because i think it it, um, is this something i I guess i I, my wife's a teacher and i always think like um, is this something that high school teachers could participate in to to get more awareness even earlier on
2: we don't really offer a lot of uh, high school programs just full transparency it's usually focused on I would say later stage. So finding those students when they're a little later on in their university careers. Yep. So I don't know if this is something that is a fit, or you know, I don't want to deter anyone from not pursuing something. But I think your your sons, as you mentioned, their interest aligns perfectly with what we're doing. So I think that understanding as we build out some of these capabilities at the universities, how do we start reaching those students at a younger age? And the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency is doing that with their new headquarters and engaging younger students. And I'd love to see more of that in the future.
0: As I've mentioned before, my, my son's in Civil Air Patrol, and we were up at the air show up in Oshkosh. And they had such a, a, a large amount of engagement going on with, with younger people. And it wasn't just the Air Force. The Air Force had a bunch of simulators, which everybody loved. They had pilots there to talk about uh, their experiences and, and engage with, with the, the kids who were there. But Boeing was there. Siemens was there. I think everybody understands they they've got to create awareness around these opportunities significantly earlier than than, you know, waiting till they they get to that college level. Right. It's because they're competing for for talent, as we all are. It, it's it's tremendous that these things exist or they actually had like a um, an ATC simulator where you could act like you're an air traffic controller and you're you know, moving planes around. Where I'm like somebody literally had to build that for this event, right? Like that's, this is how important it is uh, to these various organizations. So it it, it is. Uh, there's such a rich environment out there for people who are looking to engage. And uh, I agree. I so I I think entrepreneurialism is something I think everybody should try at least once. Uh, I think it does change your perspective on on working for other people. Being a good teammate, understanding business, understanding um, marketing—you uh, know all those great things. So,
2: and the motivation to be able to go out and achieve for yourself, and without needing someone to tell what to do and when to do it. I think once you're an entrepreneur, you always take that initiative, and you want to be a leader yourself. And uh, it's—I think—the difference between somebody that's maybe been in a man role and someone that's been in a leadership role and that has been able to achieve beyond uh, anything they thought possible because others supported them. And that's what I really love about this is the mentors that they engage. And it really is a network of supporters that want to see students and others succeed. And it's been tremendous. So fellowship opportunities and other ways to engage in classroom settings, hacks where you can put together teams of students or faculty or startups that are working to solve real world problems is really exciting and Uh, This is just something that I'm really passionate about. I love contributing, and I'm thankful for you having me on today. So uh, this has been great to be able to share more. If anybody wants to learn a bit more about the National Security Innovation Network, check out insin.mil, and just thank you for your time.
0: Oh, thank you. It's tremendous. I was going to say, Mike, why didn't they have this when we were, you know, at this age, right? You know, (laughs) what a... I wouldn't have done it. I mean, let's be honest. It was in college. I wasn't I was preoccupied with stupidity. So uh but there are smarter kids out there.
2: I I so I was hungry for these type of opportunities when I was in school. I created my own major. Um so I'm a proud graduate of a uh, MSIs, minority serving institutions at University of Hawaii, University of Alaska Fairbanks. I developed my own major in entrepreneurial studies because that did not exist when I was in school. I helped found the entrepreneurship club and Participated in an innovation competitions. So these are the things that I was always eager to find. And now I help create those pathways for the students that want to be able to contribute on that level as well. So um, as you and I went through these, if we could have had this time to be able to engage with faculty and engage with mission partners. And uh, what these opportunities do is create completely new um, initiatives that students can start seeing what's out there so just one quick example is we had a class w- that worked with Whiteman Air Force Base here in Missouri they worked on some problem sets uh, around airmen against drunk driving and ways that they could support their airmen they were so thankful of what the students were able to produce they hosted them for a visit to Whiteman Air Force Base and allowed the students to jump in the cockpit of a b-2 bomber wow. and that's a once- in-a lifetime experience and these are the type of opportunities that they would never have if they were not participating in these. And this is part of what we're trying to create. And uh, these students, this highlight of their college career. And uh, so happy that we're able to facilitate these new engagements.
1: That's awesome.
0: That is awesome. Well, Mike, keep up the great work. Uh, Really, thank you so much for taking the time. You're doing awesome things. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I want to hear more. Hopefully we can have you back on uh, and hear more about the the successes that you're having. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today.
2: My pleasure. And hopefully many more successes to come. Thank you for your time. Absolutely.
0: We also want to thank you, our listeners. We really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to this episode.
1: And if you'd like to receive new episodes as they're published, you can subscribe by visiting our website at dragonspears.com slash podcast, or find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode was sponsored by Dragon Spears and produced by Dante32.